0: Welcome to the very first episodes of the Coastline Covenant podcast. This episode is fun. We talk to Rochelle and Michael about the story of Coastline. We talk about everything from how we got here to what we're excited about, our hopes for the future, and a little bit of how we anticipate bringing our own unique gifts and talents to this next season of Coastline. If you like this episode, get excited because I pretty much recorded the same exact one with Sean and Garrick that will be out as well today. So these two episodes are kind of meant to be listened to back to back uh, as we're talking about the future of Coastline and how we're excited for all the things that God has done already. And we are hoping to see everybody this Sunday at St. Andrews 4 and 6 for our launch services. If you like the podcast, make sure you like it and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Thanks. Welcome to Coastline Covenant Podcast. This has been a dream of mine since I was a wee lad. <laughs> since I, <laughs> since I started working at Coastline, at the same time as pretty much everybody else. Um, I, I told yeah, well, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll <laughs> okay, get to okay, that. okay, okay. You know, I told Sean and Garrick that I think this is an important way to keep connecting with people, and like I said, it's kind of keeping the Tuesday lives alive, uh, the the spirit of midweek interactions, discussion, thoughtful. Engagement, things like that. But this is a big week for Coastline. It's Thursday mm-hmm. and we are launching on Sunday. It, it's
1: Wednesday. We're
0: recording on Wednesday. The episode will be out on Thursday. Oh, okay. Well, little podcast Shh, magic. Just edit that out. <laughs> my- <laughs> so, spoiler alert, it's Wednesday. <laughs> 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 but we're dropping this on my Thursday. My first podcast.
1: <laughs>
2: Rochelle's like, I know the days of my week. I got left out of the she email. Looked at me,
0: she looked at me and I was like, she's not going to say it. And she said it. <laughs> <laughs> she said it. Anyway, uh, this is the first couple episodes of the Coastline podcast. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to having conversations with staff, congregants, experts, and anything in between. But again, it's a big week for us. We are launching. Our weekly meetings are launching this Sunday at St. Andrews. It's going to be really incredible time. I, I I can't wait. It's been really, really just driving me with excitement and fervor to be there weekly with our people. And, and I wanted to just kind of talk to the coastline staff before we, uh, before we launched to not only get their excitement and hear from them, but also to kind of process the story of coastline. So far we posted that video on Instagram today or yesterday. <laughs> kind of with a little bit of a journey of where we've been with all the lives and all of the events and all the preview services. But I kind of wanted to hear from everybody. So uh, with me today are uh, Rochelle and Michael, and we'll also have Sean and Garrick on. And because uh, I've done podcasts with like more than three people and it's chaos. It's like too much yeah, talking. Yeah, so I, I decided to just get the get the cool kids here and then we'll get the other guys later. <laughs> get that later. So I just wanted to ask kind of briefly, like tell me, in your own words, what is the story of Coastline so far? Like up into up until today, whatever day it might be, what is the story of Coastline? Anybody can answer, and when you answer, introduce yourself.
2: Well, my name is Michael Barker, and uh, yeah, I'm the worship and music guy here. Um. Yeah. What's the story of coastline? I think the story so far, um, has actually been one of faithfulness. Mm. It's just God being faithful. I think each one of us can, can point to various moments. And I, I don't know. I just think that it's been a, a story of God just continually showing that he's faithful, that he's with us, that he has a plan that's greater than we could ask or imagine. Um, and, and so that's the simple answer. To the story of Coastline is just a, a church that, um, where where we didn't know w- we didn't know this thing was going to happen until mm. <laughs> uh, last December. So, um, and then it was just God just continuing to uh, to bless our our faith and our stepping out with His faithfulness. So that's the simple answer.
0: Coastline is a church
2: of faithfulness. Or the story of the church's faithfulness. God's faithfulness. God's God's faithfulness
1: faithfulness to the church. And and I
2: do think him blessing Mm -hmm. our faithfulness, you know, blessing our faith and our desire to step out and do something new and go into some uncharted waters um, and him just being good. Yeah. Anything to add, Rochelle?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess I for me, like I. Was a part of sending out Coastline. Mm. Yeah, that's unique. And kind of watching from afar for many months, um, and kind of rooting for Coastline from afar for many months, and um, and yet at the same time, kind of God stirring in me um, to want mm-hmm. to join, to want to be a part of it, and um, and so it's it has been really amazing. I think just similar to what Michael said, just watching. God continuously providing and opening doors that were completely shut Mm. um, and really going ahead of any of the staff, any of the congregants, going ahead and preparing the way. Mm. Um, And that has been so exciting Mm. uh, to know that um, there's all this newness and excitement and no one really knows what's coming, but we, we know that God is in it and going ahead. So, um, hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm just excited. Yeah. Excited to be here. Excited
0: yeah. to be here. And that kind of, you know, segues perfectly into a question. I'm really interested in hearing the answer for you guys. What are you most excited about? You know, we've been in this pre-launch phase and it's been, a lot of it's been exciting, but I think we've all had the experience of like, oh, we don't have this system in place or this thing <laughs> happening yet so because we're just not there yet. But we're actually like there on Sunday in a in a matter of speaking. So so what are we most excited about when, when we start doing weekly meetings as a church?
1: I'm excited for routine and okay. consistency. I think the anticipation, the buildup of, okay, like we want to get going. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like been long enough let's go Mm -hmm. and um I think that's what I'm the most excited about also it's a lot it's a lot Mm -hmm. of work there's a lot Mm -hmm. to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah it's it's nice knowing that people are ready we're ready um and like I said God already has it planned out
2: yeah yeah I mean we all all three of us and uh, many of us in this community we come from a big church, you know, Mm -hmm. 2000 people ish, 3000, you know, a lot of people that are, it's hard to be known. It's hard to know, Mm. to know, uh, the, the majority of people. Um, even if you've grown up in the church, there's all these new faces that are everywhere. And that's actually been true of coastline too. I think uh, we can all attest to just a bunch of new faces, which has been really, really, really cool. But regardless, um, I just think there's an opportunity right now for us to, um, kind of mimic the the early church to mimic the, uh, the church as it was just first being born um, you know 2,000 plus years ago in in the way that they were living life truly together mm. where they could know each other, where they could walk together, um, share um, in, in life together. And I think that that's uh, a gift in this season um, and and even if our church grows, which which would be the hope that people who don't know Jesus would come to know him, you know, I think I think even still, there's there's a great opportunity right now, kind of in the the forming. Um, we you know we've just seen so much rallying <laughs> at this point, so much, so many volunteers already stepping up, wanting to serve, wanting to be a part of teams. And I think when you're doing something together, you're all headed in one direction. There's a there's a a deeper sense of community that can be formed um, when you're starting a church. So I'm I'm really excited for that. Um, but even on, I think a, a more kind of deeply spiritual note, um, I think where, where my heart honestly like begins to, to, I guess where my heart is singing right now, so to speak, where I'm just most excited is I think that, um, as Christians, we are called to, to, to constantly be searching the unknowable parts of God to be searching the mysteries of God to be coming to, to coming to know him in deeper ways he's bigger um, than we could ever know he, you know his ways are higher than our ways thoughts higher than our thoughts and yet it's our job as Christians to constantly be coming to know those mysterious parts of God and i think sometimes when we get when we get in kind of patterns and when we get in in ways of doing life or doing church for for long periods of time we we can kind of start getting comfortable in our knowledge of God and I think when you're starting a church, there's so much faith involved that uh, the Lord, you, you know, you just start to come to know things about him that you didn't know before. Uh, you, you start to see him work in ways that you've never seen him work before. Um, and so that's what I'm most excited for. I mean, I'm most excited to see myself and this congregation come to worship in brand new ways, ways that we've never worshiped God before. We're going to grow as worshipers as we start this church. So that's, that's the thing I'm most excited for. That's
0: a great answer, both of you. I'm excited for both of those things. Those, those things are exciting for me as well. Routine, I think I would also echo pretty, pretty loudly on my end, just as someone who values routine and is so used to doing ministry on a routine, you know, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. And so it'll be nice to not do like Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Like it'll be nice to start getting back on that, that routine. I'm really, really excited about that. And, you know, we talked about being in like a pre-launch stage. What have you seen or or where have you specifically seen God's faithfulness in this pre-launch stage? Because chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you are part of the pre-launch phase. You are part of the, you know, launch phase or whatever we're calling it. Your launch team going to preview services, going to events and you probably have a lot of stories, but I'd love to hear from you guys. Where, where do you see, or what, what's one or two moments you can definitely call out as a moment where you really saw God's faithfulness in this pre-launch season?
1: I think for me, um, coming over, it felt like, oh my gosh, I have to, it's going to be all on me. I have to kind of, build this whole children's ministries Mm -hmm. by myself from the ground up, um, which is exciting and also, uh, (laughs) you know, kind of overwhelming. And when I got here and realized that there were so many people who were already consistently being like, how, how can I help? What can I do? You know, I will go, you know, just give me stuff to do and I will go help. And, um, that just alleviated so much stress, um, off of me. And I think just, just knowing that there are just so many people who have put blood, sweat and tears Mm -hmm. into this, just like, you know, the five of us, um, has been really cool to see and just seeing the faithfulness of those people and, and, and recognizing that that, um, is only going to grow all of us together yeah. that we're going to become um, ha- just better followers of Jesus um, because of that. So
0: I found in life, especially like in ministry and, I, I, you know, I bet we'd all agree that the best leaders are the best servants.
2: Mm.
0: And like you think about the story of Coastline up until this point and how, you know, there are the five of us, but it's hardly the five of us. No. It, there's yeah. The church is being led by its people. <laughs> Yeah. And it's a direct correlation to how well it's being led to how much our people are serving. Would you say the same thing, Michael?
2: Oh yeah. Oh, very much so. Yeah. I actually read a book, uh, when I was growing up by a guy named John Maxwell. Oh yeah. And, uh, that it was called the, I think 10 irrefutable laws of leadership or 20, I don't know, 10 or 20 irrefutable Some laws number. of leadership. 11.3. But I remember somewhere in that book, there was a, yeah, the best leaders know how to follow. Mm. Um, and, and so I definitely agree with that. I think that we've got a ton of crazy, crazy talented people that are, that are, sh- uh, that are serving yeah. and, and people that probably could be leading me, but oh, yeah. are humbly serving. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think too, like I've noticed there's a lot of people who I've known for a while, but were completely untapped. Hmm. Like they, there was all this, they had all this talent and gifting that I didn't even know about. Um, and so it's been really cool just mm. to see that almost like a redistributing of God's resources and talents and, um, seeing people kind of pop up to the mm-hmm. surface, um, and step into new, new things. Yeah.
0: People feeling like they have the permission to yeah. kind of live in to their desire to serve. I think that's great.
2: Yeah. Uh, for me, I think to answer this question mm-hmm. is, is the, I think there is something so, important about place. Um, we have, have not known where our place was. You know, I, you think about the Israelites just roaming around in the desert, wanting a place, wanting a home. And I think for us, um, we've, we felt that some, that sense of where's our place, where do we go? And I just think about that first, that first day at the Vera Lambert home and, we get there and it's like this crazy awesome view over all of LA, yeah. over all of the South Bay. And it felt like this allegory for us. You know, we're looking we're, here we are standing on this beautiful backyard, looking out on the world that we want to see reached for Christ. Um, and that just was a moment of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. The Lord giving us this amazing backyard to worship in, um, which has felt not like a sacrifice but a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then <laughs> I mean. St Andrews has been amazing. There's so much to say about that, but I I think for me the biggest it was just Easter. Oh yeah. I think just eight like we we had about eight days to plan that thing.
0: Oh yeah, do <laughs> it, you remember
2: that? I remember that. It was a bit of a whirlwind, we but I do like remember that.
0: In a meeting on Tuesday. And again, Rochelle, not to say you should have been there.
1: I I'm not trying to nice. be rude. I'm not
0: trying to be rude. I'm not I, trying to be I, rude. I, I want to reiterate wanted to. that <laughs> as much as I can. I wanted to be, to be there. I <laughs> just couldn't yet. It wasn't time. <laughs> I uh, I remember we were in that meeting on Monday or Tuesday, and we were planning for Easter at the Vieira Lamberts, which would have been great, no denying it. And then we left the meeting, and Sean texted us all and said, we got Peninsula for Easter. And it's like, oh, but Easter's on Sunday. <laughs> like yeah. We have no time to prep. Yep. That's really funny.
2: Well, and then... Like we were all just running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Like, how are we going to do this thing? And then I just, I just, I don't know. There was so much unknown. How many people would show up? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be like just our families? Is that it? Or who's going to show up? And then to have 500 plus people be there Mm -hmm. just to, just to support what the Lord's doing through coastline and to want to see it and be a part of it and commit to it. I mean, that was just amazing. It was it was totally God's faithfulness. I think it just bolstered each one of us that were there. I think we all were like, Oh, this is a real thing.
0: Yeah. It definitely revved my engine for ministry. Like, I mean, I was obviously excited, but I think for me I'd say I'd agree and say Easter was the biggest sign of faithfulness or a moment I'll always think of. Just being like, Oh, this is not just an internet show as Sean would say. You know, it's like when you're yeah. in a you're in a band or like you do something with your friends and then like you have people outside of your community who are responding to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're like, "Wait, what? How did you hear about? It? Like how why what?" And then you're just like, "Man, this is actually actually working." Mm-hmm. And that's 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 to me, man, Easter was was everything. I smelled so bad after Easter. I just want to put that on record. <laughs> Talking about running around like a chicken you with your head cut off. You like, your deodorant that No, day I what? didn't, but it honestly might have. But it, it was just hot. Remember the weather was hot and I was like running around like crazy. We were we were there at what time? Like 7:45? Yeah. To like three or whatever, just like cleaning up. Your boy smelled. I had to change my shirt before I went to Nana's house. <laughs> you heard it here first. Hot goss.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: You can't tell me you didn't smell bad after Easter. <sighs>
2: Dude, I smelled like spring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure
0: I did. We'll put it to the test. I'll uh, let's call Caitlin right now. (laughs) Next year, (laughs) let's we'll 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 see. Oh, we'll do a little uh, a little (laughs) experiment pre Easter next year. That's really funny. That's really funny. Um, what are you guys' hopes for Coastline? What are you guys' hopes for the future? For our people? For your own spiritual journey? Your own growth? What are you guys' hopes?
1: I think for me, um, obviously, we want to see people come to know Jesus. We want to see, you know, growth. And but I think for me, I want to see depth
0: hmm.
1: more than yeah than growth necessarily. Necessarily, and um, my hope for Coastline is that if we do grow, that we would just be more strategic about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what that looks like, because I think something that I've seen is there is goodness and having a small church, smaller Mm -hmm. church Mm -hmm. where people know each other, Mm. um, where people can't fall through the cracks. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's just harder, harder to actually be fully family Mm -hmm. (laughs) with thousands and thousands of people. So, um, Mm. I think that would be my hope is that we would still kind of maintain that heart posture, um, when thinking about what does coastline look like in the future? um, and that we would just grow in depth.
2: Yeah, for me, um, and I think this is probably a shared heart that I, I've heard from many people um, in our midst, but for me, it's it's a, <laughs> I guess, just a continued um, getting to know the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, getting to know the Holy Spirit in, an, in a deeper way. Um, and And that's something that's both like in my mind and in my heart and in my kind of spiritual life, but also like practically like getting to understand how does the Holy Spirit practically work today in, in our midst. And, um, I I just think I would love to see coastline, um, be open to what the Lord, how the Lord may want to move in our midst in ways that we, we just have no clue how he would want to. And, um, ex- you know, uh, so, uh, you've heard the saying before, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And I think all of us don't know what we don't know when it comes to the Holy Spirit. You know, th- we, none of us are ha- fully understand all that there is to know about the ways, the, the mysterious ways of God. And, um, and I'm just excited, um, and hopeful that we can grow, that we can, come to know Him better and and more deeply and more intimately and um, in ways that would just, it would make Christianity less about being better and more about a relationship with God, Mm. more about Mm. just simply loving God and knowing Him. Um, That's enough to just know Him deeply. Um, So, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for just a deeper understanding of God. So, Michael, using your
0: position, A, but B, your specific gifts and talents, how do you see yourself uniquely drawing people into that?
2: Well, um, you know, I think, okay, so I I think a lot of people look at me or my position in other churches and other circumstances as, like, the music guy. Um, I even said that when I introduced myself. (laughs) I said that of myself. (laughs) But, you know, I think... um, what that often looks like is like playing musical notes, right, singing right. Th- that kind of thing. But for me, you know, I went to school to be a spiritual director, to grow and, 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 um, spiritual formation and discipleship and sanctification to understand those things deep more deeply. Um, and, and so for me, worship is, is actually like, I don't know, 20% music. Like, Oh, that's interesting. Like I, I would say so much more of what worship is, is, is a lifestyle of prayer. You know, we talk about pray without, pray without ceasing, Mm. you know, this lifestyle of prayer to me, worship is, is a portion of our prayer life. It's a portion of this unceasing prayer life. That's what worship is. It's this responding outflowing of continued, a life of continued prayer. Um, that's what worship is. And so for me, I have a heart for prayer and, and worship is a big part of that. Um, and so I feel my, my gifts are to um, to lead us towards prayer, to, mm. to lead us towards a life of prayer. And when I say that, I don't mean like the traditional getting on my knees with my hands folded prayer. I'm talking about a lifestyle of prayer, a, a life that is uh, wanting to connect with God, to talk to Him, and he probably even more so, listen to Him, listen to His voice. Um, and so I think that's, yeah, I think I've, I've done a lot of prayer in my life, and um, many of us have, but I think I've, I've spent a lot of time trying to learn how to listen for his voice. I wouldn't say I'm really, really great at it. <laughs> I'd say that I, I succeed sometimes. <laughs> um, but I do think that that's a gift of mine that I can offer to the church to be able to hear or sense, it seems like the Spirit's doing this or that, um, and for us to then uh, you know, grow in that way. So,
0: You said something that I thought was interesting about worship being only 20% music. And you said, you know, worship is a life of prayer. I, I bet people listening to this right now would agree. But mm. I, I think how a lot of us feel is kind of like stagnant. Like, yeah, I want a life of prayer, but I don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to someone listening right now who's like, yeah, Michael, I want that. I want that worship, prayer, life. That's only 20% music, but I don't know where to start.
2: Yeah. Pulling out the zingers today. You got to make me think. Um Yeah, where do we start? Well, I, I mean, I think one of the most beautiful things about church um, and, and about a life of prayer, about our life with Jesus, period, actually, let's just say that, is that God has called us to do that in community. So where I may be weak, there are others around me who are stronger. So I think, honestly, we're like starting this church together. The the fully family aspect of this probably is, is like, for, for many of us, the first step in a life of prayer, it's mm. being able to see others who are a little further along in their walk with God or, you know, may, may, further along makes it almost seem like leveling up. Let's talk it, about it more just right now, it might be easier for some to talk with God and to spend time with him than it is for me. And so if I'm having a hard time doing that, there's others that I can observe, that I can talk to, that I can walk with, that I can invite to say, hey, I'm having a hard time hearing what God's doing or sensing what God's doing in my life or what He's calling me to. Can you help me? Can yeah. you can you can you sit with me in that? So I do think I think community is is a good first step. Just continuing to pursue friend spiritual friends um, feels like a good first step. Um, but I think I think I think there's also practical things that you can do. I think you can set an alarm on your phone every day and be like, Hey, at noon every day, I'm going to take five minutes to pray for my dad. Hmm. Or I'm just going to take five minutes to just sit in silence and listen and be like, all right, Lord, do you have something to speak to me today? I mean, there's, there's little practical things we can do, little spiritual disciplines we can, we can start with to kind of um, start inviting a, a lifestyle of prayer. Um, you know, it, it's, for me, it's almost like every time I see, a, you know, I, I'm going through a yellow light in the car. <laughs> right? It's just like this trigger in my mind, pray for, you know, thank the Lord for, for his goodness today. You know, things like that. You can kind of find little moments in your day that you just, you turn back to the Lord and remember him for a moment. Um, That could be your book title. Thank God for yellow lights. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's a great
2: great title.
0: So that's good. Rochelle, you talked a lot about depth, you know, not so much having a wide ministry, but having a deep ministry. Yeah. I think a lot of times people would not put the idea of depth and children's ministry in the same <laughs> sentence. And so, how do you think you can uniquely draw not only children but families mm-hmm. into deep children's ministry?
1: Yeah, um I think we've we've talked about this so many times, but really, the church is meant to be this like support arm for families. Mm. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, the responsibility of, of raising up your children is on parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a huge responsibility and it's, it's a huge task. Um, there's a lot of joy in that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of goodness in it. Um, and, um, but yet at the same time, I think so many things about our culture are so counter to the way, um, make it harder for true discipleship to happen. Um, whether it's, you know, soccer practice or just the crazy schedules and things like that. Um, and so I think for me, I want church to be a place where kids can have fun. They can come, they can be safe, um, that we can tackle some of those biblical knowledge pieces of um, growing up. I don't know if you guys knew this, but I actually, you guys didn't know this, I feel, but um, I actually didn't grow up in the church. And so for me, when I actually did come to faith later um, in high school, I really wanted, I, I wished that I had had like such traditional Sunday school experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like I didn't have some of those like knowledge pieces um, that felt like building blocks in a lot of ways. And so I mean, everyone knows once they get to junior high and high school, they deconstruct everything anyways. <laughs> um, but my my hope for kids is like I would love to give them all of the right blocks to at least mm. start with, you know, mm. um, that, that when they do kind of get come and grow older that they can – they have at least the right pieces to work with. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so I think as far as depth goes, it's making sure that our priorities – um, as the church and as families that were, were putting it in the right places. Right. Um, and yeah, not that kids would just get dropped off and that we would see them once a week. And that's the only time that they hear about God or talk about God, but that we, w- I would really be able to, um, I don't know, have a, have a place in, in these families' lives. And, um, be that our leaders and, and people who work in children's would also be an extension of family. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think depth is, it's an important piece. And kids have the capacity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about this before.
1: They have the capacity. It um, And in a lot of ways, like the gospel simple. Mm-hmm. And so I think adults overcomplicate it <laughs> a lot.
0: <laughs> there you go. Um,
1: and so... I don't know. I think it's, it's good good for all of us to, to yeah. simplify.
0: I think you're right. I think there are some really, like you think of the Bible project it is very complex, but they use animation. You know, I yeah. mean like it's a, kind of an yeah, yeah, yeah. elementary thing. And I like what you said about the right blocks. I think that's sticky, like a sticky piece for family, mm-hmm. like because you have blocks as a kid.
2: <laughs> you know, no, seriously, <laughs> yeah. like I'm yeah. giving your
0: kid different blocks. Like, yeah. you know, that's yeah. good. That's good. Uh, so my last question and this is kind of a little bit more of an intense one. Uh, We, you know, as as you get into pastoral ministry, you get into full-time ministry, this idea of calling comes up a lot, feeling called to ministry. Mm. Um, You know, I think a lot, uh, all of us would say that we're called to this new church. Uh, But I I would be really interested in articulating that a little bit, fleshing that out a little bit. What does it mean to be called to a new church? And how do you um, hope to find God in that? as you are mm-hmm. faithful and respond to that call. Uh, I think people are interested in this and I think it's basically a question about newness, you know, getting called to a church that is established and is, is rolling is one thing, but being called to do something new, you know, what it kind of articulate that maybe personally, what was that journey like for you to say yes to coastline, uh, Michael kind of in the beginning and then Rochelle a little bit later, you know, what, what has this done for your sense of calling and, um, yeah, I'm just really interested in, in, in hearing more about that.
2: Yeah, well, I feel like that. I feel like first we have to define calling mm-hmm. because I just think that that's a that is like a treasure trove of like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of of spiritual depth. You know, yeah. the, the word calling. Maybe because another
0: episode we'll do a whole two hours. I on think calling. we could.
2: I think what I just want to say briefly is that I I don't believe that calling for all people. Is like the Lord has a bunch of doors, yeah. and and that there's one that He wants you to go through, and if mm-hmm. you don't go through that, you're being unfaithful. Your whole
0: life's just mm. wrong,
2: right? Right. Like I think that for some, maybe for mm-hmm. some, maybe the Lord has made it super clear. I want you to go be X, Y, a dentist, Zing. you know, or whatever. Ben Aaron, like <laughs> you know, it's like I he, I want you to go do this. I, I think for some, you know, he, he, that is what He's doing. But I think for many, for for probably most, uh, the Lord has given you a bunch of doors that you could go through. And he said, why don't you make the choice? I'm going to be with you wherever you go. Yeah. Um, which is an act of faithfulness, which is an act of faithfulness. And I think instead of getting frozen by that, the Lord's calling you to go walk through a door. Mm -hmm. Um, I think often that's what calling actually looks like in our lives is more of a choice on our end. Um, and then to walk faithfully with him through the choice. Yeah. That's what calling is. And, but what I would say is that I do sense that the Lord did open this specific door for my family and that it was good that we walked through it. Um, I'm seeing God be faithful in it. Yeah. And and here's what, I, here's what I would say feels like the biggest, the greatest kind of confirmation of that. A, I feel like I belong in a community more than I've ever felt in the last seven years. Um, I feel my wife and I both are just kind of raving at night about... <laughs> how how many friends we're making even though we've been all these people have been in our midst and yeah. even some have been our friends it just feels like we're deepening those friendships in ways that we haven't haven't in a long time yeah um and then i think secondly and and probably the greatest thing for me is i am the most excited for ministry um and what the lord might do in this season than i've been in the maybe the last 7 years um i think that's i think that's very true um, I'm just the most excited. I feel the most kind of where I'm supposed to be in my gift mix and what I'm able to offer the kingdom and even in the ways that the Lord is speaking to me in, in really powerful and great ways. So yeah, for me, I know that's kind of based on a sense or a, a feeling <laughs> that I have, mm-hmm. um, but I do think my excitement for this season does speak to the Lord's blessing in it. Um, that doesn't mean that that it's all based around feelings. I think sometimes we, got, the Lord has us in a place despite if we want to be there or not. I think mm. all of us can sometimes, in some way, point to a place in our lives, maybe even recently, <laughs> when we've been in a place that was hard, and yeah. yet the Lord called us there and had us there for a reason. Um, but that being said, yeah, I, I feel more, the most excited for ministry that I've felt in a long time. So and I do you, I do feel like that's a piece of the calling. You feel like that's, that's cool. I like yeah. that a lot. What about
0: you, Rochelle? I mean, it's hard to top that. Yeah. This guy over here, just
1: I know, calling
0: answers on answers on answers. You know, the Michael Jordan of answers.
1: Yeah. Um, I think for me, I, I spent the last year, um, probably since a of uh, like June, June of 2020, mm-hmm. um, sort of feeling like there was a transition coming and yeah. I didn't know what it was. um, and that's always fun <laughs> when you feel God sensing you like <laughs> there's going to be something coming, um, but not really sure what that looked like for me or w- what that was. I just knew like, I'll know it when I see it, you know? Um, and also kind of prayerfully struggling mm-hmm. through that, um, having to be patient um, because I I, want, I wanted it to, to yeah, come quicker totally. and it, uh, it didn't. And, um, especially I think too, knowing, you know, watching the four of you guys move on and, and start starting coastline and, um, that process, I definitely felt, um, this nudge in this sense of like, Oh man, <laughs> mm-hmm. I wish I was going with them. Um, and I think, you know, looking back now, that makes a lot of sense yeah. knowing that that was, um, That was God's plan, Uh, but I had to wait and I had to be patient and, um, there was a right time. And so, um, and knowing just how that, that transition has happened for me, um, there was a very, very perfect timing in that. And, um, yeah, as far as calling goes in ministry, I think, um, I just look at my own, my own life of, yeah, not being raised in the church Mm -hmm. and, um, originally wanted to, I was, wanted to work with foster kids and I did work with foster kids for a long time and wanting to kind of reach out to kids who, um, just had hard, hard upbringings. Um, and originally didn't want to work in the church Mm -hmm. (laughs) actually. Yeah. Um, and yet Mm. God had kind of opened some doors for me that I walked through that instantly was like, Oh, this is exactly, this is the type of work that I want to be doing. Um, and, and my heart for people who maybe aren't typically the types of people that you would see in church, um, I guess unchurched people, if you will. Um, and I think, that has really kind of been a driving force for me, um, in, in maintaining that calling. Mm -hmm. Um, and the idea of getting to go and start something completely fresh and new, um, in a different spot. Like the cool part is like, now it's in my backyard. I get to kind of do (laughs) ministry and live life in all in relatively within walking distance, um, of, of where I am. And so, um, I think, God was very clear. I actually was thinking about moving back to Washington mm-hmm. at some point and was kind of wondering, is this a door that I'm supposed to walk through? Right. Um and I just kind of knew God would God would make it clear and um and he did. Yeah. So Very cool. Uh, I don't know if that really It ends was up great. The question, it but totally did. We're here. I feel we're a lot here. of peace. I feel like with calling you feel peace. Yeah. When it's the right, right the peace,
2: right
0: thing. happiness. I think you see apparent fruits of the spirit.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: I think I think that there are very clear things that the Lord has called us to do, right? To walk with the widows, to feed the hungry, you know. Yeah. There's there's clear things that that in the gospel that we are called to go and do. And if we're not doing those things, but we're waiting for like the sign in the stars yeah. for the Lord to like <clears throat> call, call us to go somewhere or do something, but we're not doing those things, then we've missed it, right? Yep. Yeah. So um that to, and I think that those things will bring peace, mm. right? Mm. So yeah,
0: that's good.
1: That's good. Look at that. Look at so that. So spiritual. What a good, what a good ending
0: <laughs> point. What a pastor. What a good pastor. Wait, Hunter, hold on. Oh are we allowed to
2: ask you any of these questions? No, what is this? we're running out of time. Oh come on. I have when to. When are you go go. gonna? When are you gonna do this?
0: Uh, I have a Patreon that they could subscribe <laughs> to <just kidding. laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> you gotta be. You gotta have a host. You gotta have someone who's moving the conversation along, and that person is the just give us a little eternal Just, a little, just a little. Can we just? Can we just get like
2: a two minutes for calling for you? Like what is what has that been like for you?
0: I think similarly to Rochelle, I think Megan and I were asking some questions about the future, especially like future in ministry. Um, and I didn't necessarily feel like the last place we were at was stifling me in a way where I was like, this is it. I'm done working at church after this, but I just was having this way bigger sense of like, there's something new coming. And then when the opportunity for coastline happened, um, you know, the the prologue leading up to it was very tumultuous. But when we said yes, I, I felt really good about it and I felt really excited about it. And I've been really excited to do new things, try new things, be stretched in new ways. And I have a sense of peace about failure. I think that's probably my biggest thing of like, I could try this and fail. or I could learn this and not succeed at it, like editing videos or (laughs) taking pictures or audio or live streaming or, you know, like I've had to do so many things that like I just frankly don't have a degree for, or like frankly don't have the experience to do and failing in those things or doing things that I don't feel like are up to par have not been like soul crushing. It's been really fun actually to fail and learn and try. And I feel like I'm able to exercise, different muscles in different ways. And so, yeah, I feel the sense of calling to like shed perfectionism and shed professionalism mm, and just be me. like excited about trying. And that that's been really fun. It's been really, really exciting. And I like doing church right by my house. That's really fun. I get to ride my bike everywhere like that. Come on. <laughs> I'm not going to hate that. So there you go. There's your, there's your teaser, Michael. Nice. Thanks. Is that sufficient?
1: that was great
0: I make the rules by the way so I let you you, uh, so
1: we're just going to have to deal with it I let you break them yeah
0: yeah. yeah. anyway thank you guys for jumping on plenty more from us all uh, as the Coastline podcast gets started and I'm really excited but uh, we'll see you guys on Sunday at the preview service yes yes woo